Men, thanks for listening to our 920 Man Challenge podcast. These are Bible teachings that are meant to be discussed alongside other men in community at our Blankenbaker Man Challenge gathering, where we prioritize developing a competent and confident understanding of who Jesus is and authentic and intentional male relationships. We hope this teaching of God's Word grows your relationship with the Lord, and we urge you to unpack it in your relationship with others. Enjoy! Well, hey, fellas. Welcome back to Man Challenge Digital Edition. Chris Burke, Sam Reader with you guys. We are wrapping up our series in the Psalms today. We got Psalm 107 coming at you, and um, to kind of reiterate the purpose of, we were just talking about how much we've enjoyed this series personally as we've put to practice um, the beauty that, that the Spirit has given us in His Psalms, that we get to know the Lord there, that we get to know ourselves better there, and that we get to learn how to interact with Him in our fear, in our sorrow, in our guilt, and our shame. Um, we've covered mostly, um, I would say, negative emotions this far. I don't want to make emotions sound negative, but the ones that we tend to not want to experience. Mm. But the Psalms talk a lot about how to uh, bring our positive emotions, our positive states to the Lord as well. So today we're going to talk about joy. We're looking at a psalm of thanksgiving. Again, Psalm 107. Turn there if you're, if you're watching us on Vimeo or if you're listening through our new podcast. We're in, we're in Psalm 107, and it's a, a psalm of thanksgiving, which I'm, I'm excited about. Um, but I think it could be a little bit um, confusing as to why we would pursue a psalm of thanksgiving in a season where it seems like we don't have a lot to be thankful for, right? There's a, there's an, a pandemic, uh, there's job loss, there is uh, people being stuck in home. There's just a lot of reason to lack thankfulness. Um, but here's what the Lord tells us in scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. These are some good verses to commit mm. to memory if you never have. Um, Paul says this, he says, rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Whoa. Hmm, so if, if you're a believer, if you, if you know Christ, his will for you, we look for what's God's will for my life. We ask it all the time. Uh, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Hmm. And so today we're going to look at a psalm of thanksgiving um, to learn how to, to see what we might be thankful for in Christ. Let me pray real quick, and then we'll, we'll move into that. <laughs> Spirit, we thank you for your word, and we ask that today it would help us do um, what you've claimed it does, that it would reveal who our God is, um, it would reveal who we are and our need of him and his fulfillment of that need, and then teach us how to interact with you, Lord, um, through your word. We need you to, to open up our, our blind eyes and our hardened hearts to do this, um, but we trust that you're able to. Um, Jesus, we thank you for your death and resurrection as the means to being restored to you in relationship. And we, um, and we pray thanks in your name. Amen. 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 So let's jump in. Psalm 107. We're not going to read the entire passage uh, before we move through it's long. this text. It's long. Just, just yeah. You had some easy texts up front. It's a long We got into a longer psalm. Yeah, the first boy. three verses say this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. So those first three verses, Sam, hmm. what do you see? 
A lot of worship song lyrics for sure. Mm. Yeah, a lot of worship too. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the psalms we've seen, they start off by kind of introducing a category of people like the wicked or the blessed mm. versus uh, things like me versus my enemies. And here we've got a group of people, the redeemed. I'd be interested to hear what you think the, mm-hmm. the psalmist, who he has in mind. Is it just a, a generic category? Is it a specific grouping of people? Or what do they likely mean by the redeemed? Yeah, so I... I the context of this psalm, and you could probably fill in some of this better than I could, the redeemed here are, are people who have been redeemed from exile. So they had been taken from their lands. And if you remember in the Old Testament, God's presence was in Jerusalem. And so they'd been taken essentially from God's presence. Harkens a little bit back to Psalm 42, where he feels distant from God. Mm-hmm. Well, we're on the other side of that. They've been redeemed. They've been brought back, brought back into the presence of the Lord. And so we're getting to see um, some stories of redemption today, specifically, uh, and the different lives of those people. But we as Christians can read this a little bit more fully. So, so John five thirty nine, Jesus says that he has um, fulfilled the scriptures so that this can be realized in him. And so we, uh, Ephesians 1 is where I run to here. Ephesians 1, 7 says this. It says, in him, we have redemption through his blood. That's Jesus. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. So these people have been redeemed and delivered from a hard situation into the presence of God. Mm -hmm. In Christ, we have been eternally Mm -hmm. redeemed into his presence, into relationship with him. And so that's how we get to sort of of read this. Uh, And I'm excited to practice some thanksgiving. My heart needs that in this season. Mm, But I think there are plenty of reasons for men not to be thankful. Maybe not validated reasons, but there are reasons men don't pursue Thanksgiving. Burke, what do you think some of those reasons are? Um, (laughs) I think there's a long list of that. Uh, Mostly, um, I think when they, when they take their eyes, when we take our eyes off the giver of gifts Mm. and focus on current circumstances, we can easily be discontent or ungrateful or just purely unthankful. Um, And I think when we have a mindset of whatever is going well, maybe I caused that. And whatever is going poorly is something stacked against me, someone stacked against me. Um, It's easy to not live in thankfulness. But when we have uh, a proper view of every, you know, James 117, every good and perfect gift comes from above so anything that's good um, comes from God and really anything that's bad is because of the fall of man Uh, I think it becomes a lot easier to be thankful right and so uh, I know as a dad I try to keep that perspective a lot with our kids Um, simple pleasures right kids are simple Um, God thank you for this good meal that's a gift from you we're thankful for that. Yeah. You know, uh, God, thankful for uh, our grandmother who made it. So thank you, God, for Grammy. Not, yes, thank you, Grammy, but thank, thank you, God, us, Grammy. for Grammy. Thank yeah. you for Grammy's gifts that she chooses to bless us with. You know, so just that perspective of um, where where things come from, where they originate. Yeah. Understand that God is good, so bad things don't come from God. Every good thing does. Mm. Um, and that's, 
whatever your ability is to make something good happen is a gift from God. The circumstances around that were given to you by God. And um, I just think the perspective of that should keep us all in a spirit of thanksgiving. Yeah. What do you think keeps us from that spirit of thanksgiving, Sam? I think you're spot on perspective for sure. We're focused on temporal instead of eternal things. So we lack a perspective of what's ultimately good and best. Uh, I think also is just the culture around us has discipled us to believe in this air of entitlement. Like we think we deserve good mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So why be grateful for it? Yeah. Like you, you're owed that by the universe, mm-hmm. or at least that's what our culture mm-hmm. has seemingly discipled us to believe. Um, but that's that's not what we see in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. That's the American dream. I gotta I'm gonna work my way into what I've earned rightfully. Sure. That is mine. Uh, but to your point, C.S. Lewis says it this way. He says we're we're called to chase the sunbeam up to the sun. And what, that's idolatry, right? Is we, when we worship the gifts, not the giver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is Amen. the exact mm-hmm. definition mm-hmm. of that. So the rest of this psalm, he, he calls us to thanksgiving. He's saying, let the redeemed tell their stories. And the rest of this psalm, specifically the next four <coughs> passages are stories of redemption. And what we're going to see here, uh, this is poetry. This is like a song again. So there's some pattern that you're going to see in each of these stories. That's first, uh, a dire circumstance. Second, a cry to God. Third, God's deliverance of uh, the one who is crying to him from their circumstance. And then fourth and finally, thanksgiving. So I'll read these next four or five verses, verses four through nine. See if you can catch that pattern. Um, Circumstance, cry, deliverance, thanksgiving. It says, some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. So this this people here, um, they wandered in desert wastes. They have no home. These are people who are wandering, who are lost, uh, who are probably lonely away from their people. There's a, a hunger, a, a thirst, a parchedness. There's a sense of exasperation. Um, and we can see literally why that would make sense in an exile. You know, I'm away, I'm outside of my city. I'm wandering through the desert. The, the Middle East where this was is not a, um, a kind land <laughs> to the wanderer. But how can we today see this in a spiritual sense, not to, to allegorize everything, but how can we see, what does somebody who's lost and hungry and thirsty look like? Sammy? I'd say just somebody who doesn't know the Lord. Yeah. I mean, and to an extent, we all are there, have been there, and likely still experience definite seasons hmm. of those emotions. Uh, but lost, hungry, homeless, thirsty, exhausted, exasperated, wondering, sound like somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, he, son of man has no, no place to lay his head. He, he was a homeless dude wandering around, but for oh. different reasons. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would say lost, someone who doesn't know him. Yeah. First thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And I want to be thoughtful about this. Some of us are going to be able to see this and really resonate with stories and immediately move into thankful worship of a God who's redeemed. Some of us um, are still in the circumstance part of this equation. 
Some of us are still lost. Mm -hmm. And as we go through these, some of us are still guilty or foolish or overwhelmed. Cry to him, Mm. right? Cry out. Tell, Tell him, hey, I'm... I'm lost, I'm a fool, I'm guilty, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. That is the first thing that we are called to do is run to him. Then he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way, if that reminds you of that Psalm 23 language, till he, they reached a city to dwell in. They were brought home in their deliverance. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. That steadfast love is that covenant language again. Mm-hmm. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. We see this in the New Testament, that same type of language in a couple of places. Where, Sam? Real quick before I answer that, I just uh-huh. want to make a plug. It blows me away how much overlap there is in, in, in all these psalms. Yeah. Like categorically, everyone we've looked at has been very different. But the imagery, mm-hmm. and oh, obviously yeah. because we're looking at the same God, uh, but that satisfied soul, I mean, the good host from Psalm 23, like you said, uh, the opening of 42, like a deer pants for water and he satisfies us. Mm-hmm. It's that same in- imagery. I love that. Uh, but to answer your question, New Testament, my first thought is the woman at the well, uh, Samaria, John 4, uh, Jesus um, basically goes to her and essentially says some kind of cryptic stuff uh, to her at the moment. But plainly in verse he's pretty good at that oh yeah <laughs> he's, he's pretty good at it uh, verse 14 whoever drinks of the water that i give will never be thirsty again the water that i give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life like jesus is so the fulfillment of the god that we see revealed in psalms like it's all interconnected but that that's what i think of new testament imagery yeah yeah and there's some bread of life language there too right yeah John 6, you know, Jesus says kind of the same thing. Like, you you guys are here because you're hungry. You think I can fill your need. But let me tell you about this bread of life. Mm. And it says a lot of people walked away. Like, who can, who can understand that? What is, what is this dude talking about? Are we supposed to eat him? Like, this guy, I don't, <laughs> you know. And he looked at the disciples. But how about y'all? Y'all going to roll out too? And then, you know, I love Peter's like, where would we go? You know, where yeah. would we go? Uh, and, yeah, what a beautiful thought to cling to. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talk about uh, last week. We talked a little bit about the enemies uh, mocking your faith. Uh, you know, and it's like e- even when things get a little sideways or a little gray, even in the most ardent believer's mind, we should all land back to that. Like, where yeah. where would we go? Mm-hmm. Where, where, where the bread of life is the only thing that fills my belly. Um, the 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 well. The, 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 the water that Jesus offers is the only thing that quenches my thirst. Yeah. Um, well, I beautiful think imagery. To, to <clears throat> Sam's point about some of this is getting a little bit redundant. I, it's the gospel. Mm. Over and over mm. and over again, we run to the same place. Mm. People want to go deeper in their faith. And the deepest well you'll ever find is the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we run to it over and over mm. again. And so this person who is lost, who is homeless, who is hungry and is thirsty was delivered. They were brought home. They were, they were given satisfactory mm-hmm. drink and food. And that's what some of us get to redeem or to be redeemed and be thankful for in Christ when we go to our table discussions. But the next person, Sam, verses 10 through 16, you read those verses. Yeah. New story here, right? 
10 through 16. Uh, again, remember in the pattern, circumstance, a cry out, deliverance, thanksgiving. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of the death and burst the bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shadow, shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. So, Burke, tell us, what are this guy's circumstances? He's not in a great place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you, 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 again, like you said, not to make it uh, so metaphorical, because obviously this is real words written by real people, real yeah. people in a real, real place and time, but there's so much spiritual parallels there of, you know, just, just being in a dark place, feeling enslaved to mm. uh, a behavior or belief system that is, that is tormenting you. Um, I think that enslaved is a, is a really good word there because the, the difference between last guy and this guy, last guy is lost and wandering. This guy is in, a, in affliction. He's, mm. But there's reason. Catch right there in verse 11. For they had rebelled against the words mm -hmm. of God mm -hmm. and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So this person is not just missing something. They're guilty. They're yeah. condemned, imprisoned, enslaved, rebellious to some extent. Uh, and I don't think it's difficult for us to see how we might have found ourselves there, right? Like sure. that's sin. That's the nature of distinction. Yeah. Of mm -hmm. sin. There's a clear yeah, there's a clarifying point between mm -hmm. just being lost versus um, this is self condemned. I brought this on on myself. Uh, but they call out. There's deliverance. You see the the beautiful language there in sixteen, he shatters the doors of bronze mm -hmm. and cuts in two the bars of iron. Um, Sam, you mentioned a couple weeks ago, maybe in the Moses' men series. I think that's right. You just talked about a season of being confronted and something you were guilty oh, in. Oh, Jethro. Jethro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to hear, how has the Lord redeemed mm. your guilt, your your shame, your um, imprisonment, if you will? Just one real recent practical thing is one of the guys tracking with me who's not married. After I kind of shared that, he said, you know what? Me and my girlfriend had a really long discussion, and we're going to try to honor God in our relationship mm. too. Mm. Um, From that conversation? Yeah. No way. Yeah, Praise so God. I mean, that's only God can use that mm -hmm. and to share brokenness in your own life and it to spur on others to be obedient to him. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that, yeah that's incredible. And to think the, you got something. Well, Go. I was just going to say that, that, I mean, that's that's the, the work of the spirit, right? It's mm -hmm. like sometimes in a situation like that, that's I'm talking about that specific sin that we're talking about. It's like, well, we're already down that road, so what's the point now? Like, you wouldn't use that with any other, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I've been drunk 500 other times, so I'll just keep getting drunk. You know, right. like, no, like, I recognize that that's against God's will. I've sinned against God. Mm. I'm going to repent of that, move in a new direction. Mm. Um, we, we do that for other things, sometimes not against that. And I just think that's a beautiful example of somebody being convicted by the Spirit, but then moving in step with the Spirit. Uh, and we know that God will honor that. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And to bring back Psalm 51 from last week, after creating me a pure heart, restored me the joy of my salvation, then 
tell transgressors about I'm going to tell people yeah. the, the mm. glory of this truth, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. part of God's re- redeeming plan is he doesn't just want to transform us. He wants us to overflow so that the world can be made new. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the cosmic, yeah. m- magnificent beauty of who yeah. God is, right? Multiplication. 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 Yeah. Uh, so this man was guilty, condemned, delivered, redeemed, made free. Uh, these next verses, Burke, 17 through 22, will you read his story? Yeah. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wondrous deeds, wonderful deeds for men. A little different translation. Yeah, uh, but helpful to, for me, even seeing as I read it, because this, this person, I think it would be easy to say, well, this guy's the same as the last guy, but there's a little bit of distinction here. Right off the bat, says some were fools. We think of fools today as dumb people. Mm. Like you're being, you're stupid. Fools in the Old Testament, it means that, but it means more. There's a, mm. there's a perversity about a fool, yeah. like a distortion. They have, um, they have taken a sin and repeated it. They've justified. They have, they're not just regular sinners. Keller says it this way. They're not just regular sinners, but those who become destructively self-absorbed and self-deceived. Yeah. They might actually be really smart. Yes. But they are very foolish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might be very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And this, this person... Um, Similar to wise, might not be all that intelligent. Yeah. But the actions are, are aligned with biblical truth. That, that makes him wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the, I think this person practically, you could compare it to an addict mm. today. They're, they're not only sinning, but they are, they're self-inflicting damage by their sin. I'm so caught in this mm. cycle, a perpetual lack of wisdom whether I'm intelligent I, or not. And I think that would be a more right-in-your-face example. I, I would argue it'd be more of the guy chasing a corporate ladder mm. or the guy trying to find his worth in a thing or a conquest or a a title, almost more of a fool than the, the addict, even though that's a, that's a form of addiction, right? But like mm-hmm. the power addict, addict is... He's a power addict. Yeah, he's a you power addict. He's, he's a fool. He's got all these great gifts, but he's, boy, he's, he's chasing after the wind, man. Like yeah. that, that's, to me, every bit as foolish as the dude on a street corner who's mm. yeah. neck deep in a heroin addiction. You know right. what I'm saying? I think these are the people, personally, that type of person who I'm like, well, there's no hope for them, right? Like you, man, you chose your path. Like this is sinful Mason here. Sure. <laughs> but then... Verse 19, Hmm. even these people cry to the Lord in their trouble and he delivers them from their distress. It says to him, he sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So God's bringing deliverance by his word here. Hmm. You want to unpack that a little bit? This is all very fertile ground for the the incarnation. But I guess you could could say that the word of God, the spoken word, uh, whether it's logos or whichever, uh, traces all the way back to the very first opening lines of scripture uh, that God, the means by which he chooses to create is his word. Mm. Like he decides to show off a little bit, I think. You'll know how you can know that I'm God. I can speak and galaxies are formed. Uh, can anybody else do that? And so, of course, you see the same authority and power in the New Testament embodied by Jesus. He speaks to a storm and it 
stops. Mm. One, one of my, my favorite examples of this is Matthew 8. Uh, there is a centurion, a Gentile, who comes to Jesus and says, I have a servant who's sick. Uh, will, will you heal them? And Jesus is like, yeah, I'll come and heal him. And he's like, nah, man, I don't even deserve to have you in my house. <laughs> if you'll just say the word, I know they'll be healed. And Jesus is like, bro's got some mm. faith. I mm-hmm. like this guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he says, yeah, go, they're healed. Like that, that same authority you see in Jesus, which is so beautiful. John, of course, in chapter one, uh, sees Jesus as the very word of God, the eternal word put on flesh in the person work of Jesus. Uh, and he is tabernacled with us. So again, as you read this through that lens, they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. I mean, this is the gospel. Yeah. This is Psalm 107, 19 and 20. This is the gospel. It's beautiful. And then yeah. it says they, they move into some realm of thankfulness. Thanksgiving Amen. 22 says, Burke, they let, um, it says, let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds and songs of joy. So there's a, a command to sing, which uh, if you're a dude who doesn't like singing, God's word's all about it. So let's start practicing, fellas, whether you're good or not. But before that, there's a sacrifice that these people are giving in light of their redemption. Why? Well, I think, you know, I hope this would be true of all of us who have been saved by, by grace through faith that, that our uh, overwhelming joy for what God has done for us with an understanding of our, of our sin and who we are apart from the blood of Jesus, that the overflow of that would be songs of praise like that would just be that would just be easy to do I can't sing a lick but man it's it's easy for me to sing a song of praise that the joy of the Lord's in my heart but also the the intentional action of sacrificing not out of obligation but out of appreciation for what God has done for us and um, sometimes I feel like we maybe work around the financial piece of that because hey man don't start talking about my money you know but you know, when you, when you read that, that you know, I, I just think, I think, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Okay, let, let's give thanks. Let them sacrifice thank offerings. Now, back in the day, that might have looked like an animal. Okay. Yeah. Today, that's going to look like my selfish pleasures. Today, that's going to look like my money. Today, that's going to look like my time. Today, that's going to look like... Uh, my priorities and what I love about the Lord delight, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Like when you set your eyes on Jesus, all of a sudden the things that maybe early in your walk feel like really sacrificial start to become the things that really fill you up. Yeah. Um, but it starts with, okay, God, not my will be done, but yours. And you're calling me to this, but it also goes back to perspective. You know, when I feel like my giving is, well, I'm really sacrificing for the Lord, I'm, where, where's my perspective there? <laughs> my perspective is this is my money, and, man, I'm, boy, I hope God really appreciates the, what I'm doing for him kind of mentality. Yeah. That's a different mentality thing. God, thank you for my blessings. Mm. Here's what you've called me to. Here's yours. And if it was given to you as an additional blessing to eternal salvation and security in his presence, like, 
we should be so quick to be generous. Mm. And I can say that with a heart that doesn't want to do it. Mm. Like I'm talking to myself here. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the same is true for your gifts. You have, this is a gift of yours. Yeah, yeah. talents. Now you, this is time. your job, but you also use it in so many other ways, mm. sacrificially, you know? Um, and so if, you, if, you're, if you're great at building stuff or fixing stuff, like find a way to use that gift and sacrifice that to the Lord for somebody that needs it or a cause that needs it. or Like that, that, that honors God. Yeah. He's given you that gift. Give it, give it back to him in Thanksgiving. I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah. And I love, I want to say that line again because this is a sacrifice, not of obligation. They're not earning anything here. They right. have appreciation, mm-hmm. a, a, a gratitude. I'm, my perspective is so shifted. Mm-hmm that I know that this has just been given to me. And so I want to I give what I can back to you, Father. I, let me just, let me put an exclamation point on that. Early on, this is just a call to men. I just want to be real specific, say about tithing. Early on, that might not feel like a, oh, I'm so glad to put this. Ch-. Like, but if God calls you to it, it's for your good. And I promise yeah. you that through the discipline of that, it will change from being an obligate, feeling like an obligation into a, a gift of appreciation. So that's just my, my word on that. Yeah. And we could, I feel like we could sit in a lot of these for a long yeah. time. But we'll move to the, the fourth and final story, starting in verse 23. Remember again, circumstance, cry, deliverance, thanksgiving. Some went down to the sea in ships doing business on great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. So uh, the first guy, um, we don't know that sin was the cause of his suffering, his plight, his circumstances. Second and third, that's on them, right? This is a result of sin. This person here is, um, you don't see a sin that's caused the situation. But this is someone who is, endangered. Mm. They're using sea language here, which especially at this day and age, the sea was just known as a a place of chaos, uh, a place to be fearful. Um, These people feel helpless, endangered. They're in events that are beyond their control. They're storm battered. And I, out of these four stories, I really, really am grateful for this one. Mm. Um, Because there's this line at the end of verse 27, it says, they were at their wits end. The, the Hebrew in that means literally their wisdom was swallowed up. Like the waves were so big that their wisdom was not able to deal. They were losing it. They were losing it. <laughs> uh, and as a, as a man who is prone to being anxious, mm. I, I so want to be able to understand um, to the end of peace. That makes sense? Like yeah. I, I want to yeah. know. I want to know why. I want to know how. Mm. I want to know what he's doing. I want to know when he's doing it but these people are pushed beyond their intellectual limits. I think there's what, a lot of people at their wits end right now. Uh, absolutely. Not to throw you on the spot, but 
Do you does this resonate with you at all, Sam? I sent a couple texts out to a close couple guys, couple maybe three four weeks ago, saying I think I'm about to snap. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And to be fair, there are so many who are without job, who've mm. lost jobs, yeah. been furloughed, who have been sick, lost loved ones. So from a comparison game perspective, I am beyond blessed right now. Mm. Just from the chaos and feeling like you're at your wits end. My wife and I both continue to work through all this. We're both in the healthcare industry. She's in fact been in the busiest season of her company's uh, existence. So she's been working overtime. Plus there's no daycare right now. So our two year old and our five month old have just been in the midst of all of that with us working at home with them. It's been chaos. Uh, it's just a lot juggling around, and I've I can resonate a little bit mm-hmm. with feeling like I'm at my wit's mm-hmm. end. Yeah, for sure. And I would say before <laughs> you as listeners hear that and say, "Well, man, you got it fine. Like at least you got a job." Mm. Sam feels overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the nature mm-hmm. of the situation. I'm someone who has felt uh, overwhelmed. These are things beyond my control, Lord. And what the wonderful aspect of that is is what He's doing is He's shredding my false reality and helping mm. me see the, the true one. You were never in control, Mason. Mm. <laughs> then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. Mm. And I have cried to the Lord in my trouble time and time again. I think of Psalm 13 when he said, how long, O Lord? And he mm. says specifically, uh, how long am I gonna wrestle with my thoughts? Like, boy, I'm stuck up here. I'm beyond my wits. How long? But then they they cry to the Lord. He delivers them from their distress. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Uh, The waters were quieted. They were brought to their desired haven. You preached in in the Mark series at the beginning of this Mm. semester on when Jesus calms the storm. Any one-liner insights for us to grab here as we see Jesus fulfill that? I just would go back to a couple of the points I made uh, at the time, which were, Yes, Jesus is able. Yes, he can speak that storm to obey and be still. But let's not forget from that story that Jesus also led them into into that storm. Mm. Amen. And let us not forget that Jesus took a nap (laughs) while the thing was going on. Like, and he didn't like fall asleep. He went down into the stern, laid his head on a pillow uh, I don't think he was naive as to what was about to unfold, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus asked them, do you still have no faith? You know, like that, that's, that's kind of what he was concerned with. Yeah. yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hush this storm for y'all, but let's get, let's get back to the root of the evil. I mean, the root of the problem here. Yeah. Your, your faith. That's what I really want to focus on. So, yes, Jesus is able. We don't know if he's going to choose to or not. But what I do know is he's concerned with our faith and our ability to handle that storm. Cry to him. Cry to him. That's what the disciples did. They they cried to Jesus, calm this storm, right? And he did. We don't know if he will or won't, but what what we do know is he's concerned with our faith. Because our faith is the means to ultimate deliverance. Mm. Like Mm. we we might not get past this illness. Mm. And that's that's really difficult. We might not, um, whatever way you... The prosperity gospel is at risk here. It can be really easy to look at this and say, God's going to save me from any hardship or trouble. We're about to move into 1 Peter next week, and we're going to learn that hardship and trouble is not uh, against the Lord's will Mm, for us. right? But here we see that faith gives us the ultimate deliverance. We're trusting in him who redeems us into eternity with him. Uh, 
we need to, we need to keep running. Mm-hmm. So that's the fourth story. The next nine verses, I'm going to read and um, look here for uh, how the Lord interacts with the proud and how the Lord interacts with the lowly, the humble, the meek. Verse 33 says, He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell. They establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low, through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes, but he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. That's a ton of words, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to concisely summarize it in a verse that you find in Proverbs, in Psalms, in James, in Galatians. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Mm -hmm. Why might that be in a Thanksgiving text? I would argue here's why, is that um, Thanksgiving cultivates humility. Mm. Amen. I, I am, if I am thankful, none of us want to be proud men, prideful men. We would love to be humble. I want to be humble. How do I? I look to the giver. Uh-huh. Uh, quickly, Burke, I feel like you've got some insight on this. Well, I, I, I'm, um, this is a, a area of extreme, uh, uh, longing for for me in my heart uh and i think god used uh, a lot of the back end of my career to and then each child um, those noises for you who are listening to the podcast or him saying pride, i'm being just, humble just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh I, it's just such a daily struggle for me and 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 obviously that's it's not my that we're not here for me to puke all that out. But what I will say is that one of my favorite definitions of humility is to not think less of myself, but of myself less. Hmm. And for me and for you, God is not calling you to deny the power he's put in your chest. As a matter of fact, to do that is just as sinful as to promote the power he's put in your chest. But what he is calling you to do is think about what it, where has he gifted you and how can you bless others through that? And to look through that lens with each moment of each day and as incapable as I am of actually fulfilling that, yeah. that's the calling. But then the, the truth of God's word that he opposes the proud and is, he gives grace to the humble, like that, that is motivation enough for me yeah. to pursue that. I don't want to be in opposition mm-hmm. that's to, right. to God. Uh, so I would encourage you men this week, those verses, really dive into them and see how he... Bring, makes deserts into gardens for those who are lowly, but takes um, flourishing princes and turns them into the lowly. Mm. Um, that last verse, Sam, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. We wrap up our Psalm series with that verse. What do you got to say? Uh, I think it's just a perfect summary and way to conclude this five weeks in the Psalms. I think for me, it takes me full circle right back to Psalm 1. Uh, the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that law he meditates day and night. And this is calling me, if, if I want to be wise, I should consider the steadfast love of God. I should ponder these things. So maybe, maybe, maybe 
you can do this as a group, but for sure, I would, I would encourage every single man, whether you pause the video right now or the podcast or set an alarm clock, get up early tomorrow morning or do it late tonight after everybody's down, like spend some intentional time meditating, chewing on, pondering like the God who we have, we have seen over the course of five weeks in scripture that he's a good shepherd, that he's a, he's a good host, that he forgives even our darkest, ugliest sin, that in our time of lament, we can run to him and, and he can handle it. He can restore it. We can see that he has redeemed us. His steadfast love has no ends. Uh, what a holy, righteous, mm. loving, worthy God of our praise and thanksgiving. And I think as we chew on that, meditate that on that, uh, humility, I think is for sure a fruit that comes from that. But also just to know the God of the Bible what a privilege that is. So I would say that's something I, I for sure will be spending time doing tonight. And I would say in response to that, just hammering that, whoever is wise, let him heed these things. Mm. James one twenty two. do mm. not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Amen. Whoever is wise, let him heed these things. The God of the universe, what a privilege it is to know him. His ways are for our good. We would be wise to heed the things of God. Yeah, so uh, go to your groups and do that this week. Ponder, heed, uh, spend time in thanks, resonate with some of these stories, uh, turn your eyes, fix your gaze, remind your heart of who has redeemed you. Burke, will you pray? Yeah. Father God, we just, uh, we want to do exactly that, what Mason just said uh, right now, God. We want to fix our gaze on you, the, the author and perfecter of our faith, God. The, the God who saves, uh, the God who loves, the God who redeems, uh, and the God who transforms. Um, and so, God, we don't want to look to any other source but you uh, because we know that you're able and we know that you're faithful. So I pray that you just do that, God. Do what you're famous for. Uh, in the in the lives uh, of each one of us, uh, they, that you may get glory and that it may go well for us and for those uh, that we get to pour into. God, we're just thankful for this series, thankful that we get to know you through your holy word. We pray you would do uh, more than we could ask or imagine through our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this week's Bible teaching from Man Challenge at the Blankenbaker campus of Southeast Christian Church. For more information on how to get involved, reach out to us via the email address in our podcast description or find us on social media.